0: Pick the Nintendo Shack and pray. Frederick from Fire Emblem Awakening says, "Yo!" Greetings, Kooplings, and welcome back to the Nintendo Shack. Now, this is not a normal episode of the Nintendo Shack Podcast, as you saw in the title. This is a Shack review. Um, as you know, we're off this week. We did two shows for you guys last week, and we are enjoying some time playing some games. But we hear PSVG Prime has you covered on some Nintendo news, so go check that out. But unfortunately, because we had the Direct, and then we had our illustrious show with one pair Snyder from IGN, we haven't had a lot of time in Nintendo Shack to talk about games we've playing. Um, primarily a huge release, a marquee you know, landmark release for the Nintendo Switch called Astral Chain, which I have beaten. Caroline is still hacking away at it. So I wanted to get some thoughts down, just kind of in the interim, just something will tie you over, a little something-something. And I have invited one Kaiju box, Kaiju, <laughs> from the Discord, Mr. Isaac, Super Shack listener, Discord community member, all that stuff. He's been hacking away at the astral chain, so I invited him to come sit and just talk to me about the game for a little bit. I have no idea. We have, I have no script. I have no set schedule. This could go t- ten minutes. It could go forty hours. <laughs> Probably won't go that long. But uh Kaiju,
1: say hello. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, I'm I'm glad to finally be here. I I'll have to say I don't think I quite live up to uh, a pair of Schneider, but I mean I try.
0: <laughs> I try. So. Yeah, it's you're the one following. We have we have more guests too, by the way. For those of you listening, um, we'll, we'll come back, we'll do Shack regularly next week. Then we've got a big Zelda game coming out, and we have another guest coming. So the September to remember keeps going for Nintendo Shack. Awesome. And it's this is something I'm gonna remember. So there you go. Fun stuff. Fun
1: stuff. All right, man. So we're we're here to talk about Astral Chain. Yeah. Have you beaten the game? No, I have not completed Astral Chain. I haven't haven't quite Made my way to the end of the story, um, so no, I have not so far. How far are you? Um, I. Do you know what file you're on? Yeah, I'm on. I'm on seven. Ooh, so nice! It's a good one to be on.
0: Is how how close is that to the end? You're about halfway. Okay. There's a. Uh, there's chapter. Um, so there's twelve files. All right. But eleven in the main campaign. The twelfth one is an extra pro- prologue. Got it. So I have beaten the campaign. I have not collected all the things and I did not beat the prologue because I, I kind of read what the prologue was. Chapter 12 is like some extra, it's like some cleanup stuff, some extra investigations, but it's primarily like challenges. You get like some big, stronger boss challenges to go back and fight, but there's no real like extra story really. So that, that's kind of, as you've heard on check before I cut myself at the story, yeah. at least when it comes to campaigns, like that's it. That's the, I, I reached the end of the game. I rolled credits. That's the end for me. I've actually already sold the game. Um, Okay, so you're on Chapter 7. What are your impressions so far? Only playing, you know, the first half or so.
1: Okay, um, now, my impressions are, are fairly fairly all over the place, I'll just say that. But when it, I'll start off by talking
0: about the, the main mechanics of the game. As, yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, when you're talking about a Platinum game, that's what you're going to go to first. You're going to talk about the action. Yeah. That's what they're known for. That's what they do. Exactly.
1: Um, so I've heard at least, because this is actually my first Platinum game, uh, oh really yeah i i'd never never jumped into anything what an
0: interesting one to jump into your first one is astral chain because um i'm, I'm gonna interrupt you here for a minute no, go ahead astral chain is very different and unique from the standard platinum formula if you will it's it's got some bayonetta and devil may cry in there devil may cry being a capcom game but obviously a cameo game yeah um but it's very different. Like The investigations and like the way that they break up the pacing in this game is unlike any other Platinum game I've ever played, and I don't think there's another one that exists. It's not like Nier or the Wonderful 101 or anything like that, but continue. Sorry. No. Uh,
1: I, yeah, I, I had a Wii U. Wii U is one of my, one of my um, favorite consoles, but I never p- dared to jump into Wonderful 101 or anything of the sort. I kind of had my go-to games on the Wii U and never branched out. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited, or I was excited for this to be my first game from Platinum. And starting off immediately, as someone who comes from a background of liking complicated control schemes, I'd say this, for, for the average gamer, this is kind of, it takes some getting used to. Um, so, like, my favorite game is Monster Hunter 3 for the, for the Wii and uh, then there was a remake that that's the main version I played on Wii U. And Monster Hunter is notorious for having just the most obnoxious control scheme in existence. And so I, I actually enjoy a good messy control scheme. And the thing about about a game like this is the, the, these, these, um, these less... less uh, Like people that are not going to spend as much time with a game if they're immediately turned off by the control scheme for people like me getting used to that that control scheme that feels messy or or complicated at first the payoff of finally understanding how it works is like the best high in a video game you can ever get for me at least like when i finally understood all right here's how switching around through my different legions works and here's how i can use it for my advantage that was amazing and the way that these the files are set up They've got like these different things when you hit a roadblock in a, in a, in a file where you're like, all right, what do I do next? I have no idea. They've got like where you're listening to people from far away with like the standard Legion or you're digging through the dirt with the, the beast. They've got these little things that you, you turn to, you're like, all right, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this and I'm going to see what works. I'm going to see what comes of it. And then eventually you'll make progression through that. Um, that that mechanic really, really, uh, I like games like that because a lot of the games that I started playing when I was younger were things like Lego games. Like my first, yeah. my first video game was the original Lego Star Wars for the PC. That's why I got, that's why I started off on. And so games where you're making yourself uh, or you're making your way through through a linear path, and you'll get you'll hit roadblocks, and you have to try various things. Um, that, those kinds of games I, I really appreciate and they have a, a special place in my heart. So the two coming together, a control scheme uh, and, and mechanics and the fighting and the different weapon types coming together with the slow um, progression through these levels and talking to these people and listening, listening in and people's conversations and getting other sides of things and even the investigating part where going around and picking up different clues from talking to people, that... That all coming together really, really uh, sells it for me. So, okay. those are my general impressions of of the main mechanics of the game.
0: The dual stick combat is like nothing that we've ever really seen in like in a game. I that I'm aware of. Definitely not a platinum game. So the platinum games you've Bayonetta, um, even the old Devil May Cry games from Capcom, Wonderful One Nier, One, um, probably forgetting you know, many, many more they're usually like combo-heavy button smashers. Um, you have a punch, kick, you know, heavy attack, strong attack, light attack, and you chain them together and you create these incredible moves. And there's some of that here, but it's really more, if you think about it kind of like a shooter, you know, everything is kind of on the triggers in terms of, you like, you're attacking. Mm-hmm. And then you're using the sticks in a very... Now, Tom Servo said this first, but I was saving it for for when we actually talked about the game. If you ever played the wonderful one-on-one... It's so wonderful 101. So when you played the wonderful 101, you had a, not a chain, but a line of people. And you would use these gesture based controls to do things. So you would like draw a line and it would create a sword or you would draw a circle and it would create a jello or you would draw an L and it would create a gun. And Astral Chain kind of takes the exact same thing, except it applies it literally. So you literally have two characters in a chain and instead of drawing the line, you are using both ends of the line to wrap around an enemy or, you know, build like a bridge and catch the enemy as they're moving and things like that. And it's very, very similar all the while you're playing on the triggers using special abilities, sync attacks, your own melee attacks to kind of add in stuff there. And then you add in the bumpers and the face buttons and you, you can start really pulling off all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, from a, from a, from an action game, it's, it controls unlike anything else, which I would agree with you. I think a lot of people are going to have to take some time getting used to, but I don't, I wouldn't say it's hard. I don't think it's hard. I actually think you could probably just button mash your way through this thing. You could just hit the triggers a lot and kind of throw your Legion at stuff and not do all the special stuff. Probably put a significant dent through most of the game. You might have a little bit of trouble with the boss battles, um, where they, they really require you to do some of the special abilities and things like yeah. that. But I mean, the the actual, you know, minute to minute gameplay, you can do it. So it's one of the things I really appreciate about this game is that there's no difficulty levels. They really just kind of ramp up how much control and uh, how much risk you have in the game. So the the standard mode or the, the basic, the default mode, I believe, is casual in the difficulty. And basically, that just lets you play the game with all the controls, but you have like six or nine lives or something. You, you know, you never die. You just got too many lives. You'll never have game over. Then there's the PT standard, which I guess like the normal or like the harder mode, where it's the exact same thing, except you just have less lives to deal with. So like your risk of dying and reaching game over are more. Even though I played, I played them in the game majoritively um, on PT standard. Cause that's what I, what I picked in file one. And I just kept going. I only changed off of it. To just to kind of try it out, just to test what the other ones were like before I before I reached the end of the game. So the PT standard, like even when I had my health all the way down, you have so many like first aid potions and things that you can use at all times. For you to actually die, I feel like would be difficult. (laughs) Like it's going to be really hard for you to do that. I think I I may have died like one time. Yeah. Um. It's it's not that hard. Now I did try Unchained in Chapter Nine. Uh, no 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 no! not chapter 9 chapter 9 is my favorite maybe chapter 8 I think I tried I just tried Unchained while I was playing it I wanted to play it have you ever did you ever try that no I was actually going to ask you
1: if you if you tried I hadn't um uh, my my impression or what I read was that it's
0: basically like a way to just experience the story it is but I think that's misleading because it is easier don't get me wrong it's easier like if you have a kid or somebody that's interested in playing Astral Chain that's what I would start them on but also if you're the type of person that like Let's say they're the opposite of you, like they're hearing you say, I like complex control schemes and using all the buttons and everything. If that's turning them, somebody off, they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to learn a bunch. That's what that mode is for. So essentially unchained is, especially having played the game, you'll understand this more than folks that haven't played the game. When you play in unchained mode, basically your legion operates on its own ah. so it automatically attacks it automatically flies around it automatically comes out it automatically changes it automatically does all the p- puzzles while you the character run around and and fight stuff with your melee stuff so it, it actually kind of feels like you're just playing by yourself it's just a single player action game and your you know your legion is basically like a pokemon it you throw it out there and it just does stuff hmm. um it's i wouldn't even I wouldn't fault anybody for playing the game that way, because when I played it, I was like, there's actually, it's not as fun as I like. I like pulling off some of the more, when I play Devil May Cry, for example, I just love pulling off awesome moves. Like, this is the only reason I'm there in these types of games. Bayonetta, I just want to pull off just incredible combos, I want to feel real powerful. I don't think you have that, because your Legion is basically doing everything on its own. But it is super fun. There was a moment in time where I was like, this is actually kind of fun, Like, because I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I'm just beating up, folks. You know, it feels like you're playing almost with a partner, um, mm. which I actually did play. I played a little co-op with Jack. Did you know you could play this game? Co-op? I did, and I saw that you had to use split Joy-Cons, and I was like- You do. I was like- And it works this- It's the same thing as the Unchained. He plays as the Legion, and I play as a character. Now, that wasn't as fun. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm, you know, because of my partner, I'm like, you've got to run around that. him. He's like, I'm trying. and I'm like, you're failing. <laughs> We're dying because of you. If, you know, if I had a competent player, too, um, that actually could have been a lot of fun, too. So I enjoyed that as well. But between the way that the combat works on the control side, as well as their approach to difficulty by changing, you know, like your risk and the amount of things you're controlling the game. I got to give Astral Chain a lot of credit just for being different, if not like unique. It's just very new in in the world of video games. uh, I don't feel like we have a whole lot of that. You know, we have sequel after sequel, you know, game after game. They all seem like they fall into like maybe the same, I don't know, 10 different buckets. But if you've played one, you know, like you've kind of played them all. If you played Ben, you know what Devil May Cry is. If you played Call of Duty, you know what the other shooters are. You know, if you played Mario, you know what the other platformers are. Like they all kind of fall in the same buckets. Astral Chain doesn't really fall into a bucket with anything else. Yeah, and that's probably like the 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 most review type thing I could say about it is it's very different. And it's very unique, and I don't think it's going to be for everybody. That's definitely, like, that's something for a lot of different reasons, which we'll get into. I, don't, I definitely don't think it's going to be for everybody. But if it is for you, I think you're going to love it. Just because you probably haven't played anything like it. You know, it's I don't think it's going to, you know, like, I don't think you'll be bored of it because you played another game just like it. I don't think that'll happen. So, anyway, getting off of the combat a little bit, you talked about the detective work, which is, I knew it was going to be there. We talked about it leading up to launch um, in, in, in podcasts that we've had. I didn't expect there to be as much of it as there is. Like, the game is, dare I say, maybe like 65% investigative if yeah. you're doing a lot of it. Now, the good thing is it's it's optional. You don't have to do it all. You've got to do some, but the majority of it's probably optional. Um, but up until chapter, all the way through chapter 9, I did every case. And then in like chapter 10, I think I skipped... Actually, you know, chapter one, I thought I did them all. But when I got to the end, I realized I missed like one or two. And then once I missed one or two, I quit trying. I yeah, was like, ah, I'm done with it. Um, but so if you're doing all the cases, there's a lot of this stuff in there. And it's kind of it's so the game has like Iris. You hit the the start button. And, like, you have this scanner that pops up, the entire world changes, and you can see all the the hidden things and the special items and special people. It's very like Batman. If you ever play, like, Arkham Asylum, you know, Batman has yeah. a scanner. He can check for clues and things like that. It's very much like that, which is pretty cool because, like, the visual effect that they pull it off in, not only does it look cool, um, it looks really cool, especially when you're out there in that, like, that. Um, Japanese Times Square type oh, area. Oh, yeah, that looks you know, amazing. Like it looks awesome when you when you pull up the iris. So I like that, but all of the different so there's a lot, there's just a lot of different like quests. And they're all like fetch quests. or are all these like little side quests. You either gotta go find the person or go find the key code or go find the item or do like a little trade sequence. Go get something for someone else. You know, go get this little girl an ice cream cone. You know, like this type of stuff. Um I think this is probably the most divisive part of the game because I think people are either going to really enjoy this and I think I really enjoyed it like I said all the way up through chapter nine I think I'd done them all so I was really kind of into it and having a lot of fun but I think uh, other folks that are especially with it having a platinum logo you know on the on the box I think a lot of platinum fans are gonna be like what is this I don't want to, you know, find this kid's soccer ball and and all this. Like, I want to go beat up stuff. I want to go, you know, smash buttons. And it's weird because I think the pacing overall, the entire game, is really, really good. But I think the pacing compared to other Platinum games is just so different and weird. Because you'll have this epic fight where you go through all this crazy space sci-fi Tron stuff. And then it's like, go help so-and-so find his mom. And you're just like walking around, checking for people like, Hey, are you this kid's mom? Are you, are you this kid's Anybody lose a kid? And it's just super weird. Um, which I think is fun. I like it, but, uh, I'm not exactly sure how everybody would feel like this. This is probably the biggest reason why I don't feel like Astral Chain is for everybody, you know, because I think a lot of the enjoyment out of this game would be that part of it. And I don't think if if you're the type of person listening to this, Oh, it sounds boring. And Astral Chain might not be for you. Yeah. Um, Going back to the the Times Square part,
1: uh, to preface what I'm about to say, when I saw uh, like the uh, the treehouse from E3 2019 footage yeah. of this game, them doing the the haunted dumpster case, I I was misled, like I was extremely misled because maybe I'm just a I'm I'm not observant when it comes to video games, but I I was under the impression that like portions of this game were gonna be pretty open world. Like it sh- the way that the beginning of that that uh that demo started was they go down into the garage, they get on the motorcycle and they pop over to time or to like the Times Square part. And I was like, "Okay, so you're going to have your garage, you're going to go on these story missions and then you're going to go jump on a motorcycle and go run around in a city and do quest for people." So, that's what I thought the game was. Um <laughs> I actually kind of uh once I realized, "All right, I'm going to buy this game." I stopped paying attention to the news. I stopped paying attention to things that were popping up because I was, I wanted to go in fresh. Um, so that was, I went into the game. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do the story file. I, I, when I'm in, when I'm doing story mode, when I'm going on, on an open world game, I'm doing a story thing. Those side quests, they, they're on the back burner for me. I, I don't care at all. So I started this game, maybe got through Case three or f- or uh, sorry, file three or four, and I blew past every case. Like I didn't do a single one other than the ones they wanted me to do, and I was like, okay, I'll go back and do those later. Which I know you can replay files and redo the cases. Um, but I was like, okay, when am I going to get to the part where? Uh, the city is opened up and I can go around and do quests for people.
0: <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. That would be an impression that, yeah, if that's what your expectation was, yeah, you'd be a little let down. It's, I think the areas are fairly open for, for, for games like it, like uh, especially in, in, so I said Times Square because that's like our immediate thought here in America. But as I said that, I also think I heard Caroline like cringing her teeth. So, like, I guess the Japanese version would be like Shibuya or something like that. Like, before she like yells at us and tells us all of the Japanese culture that we're leaving out. So I just wanted to get that in there. But, um, especially that section of the game is fairly open. And I think one of the, one of the, my favorite parts about these little investigative, you know, interludes or intermissions between combat chapters is, yeah, you've got your cases. And you've got some that you have to do. So like every chapter has, I don't know, three or four or five, something like that. You got to do them. But then there's probably, in most cases, like 15 or 20 that are optional. There's a lot. And as you do them, one of the things that I absolutely love about the game, and I think this is the reason why I enjoy doing this part of it, there are so many hidden things that if you're just looking at it at face value, you'll be like, oh, it's this little area you to run around in. But there are. Hallways and alleys and streets and you can go under porches or through vents or rooftops so you can shoot down ladders you can scale up and scale down and go wide there's all these little nooks and crannies and just even finding them is a puzzle in itself and the reward is you get like some special bonus or some special buff or you'll find a cat or a toilet and all these different collectibles that you can find um, i know caroline's trying to find all the cats because of course she is <laughs> I think I found five or six cats. I didn't try to find them all, but I found a few of them. Some of them are, like, the first one is just right there in front of you. And then uh, a few other ones are pretty out in the open. You just kind of, stu- I just kind of stumbled upon them. Um, I didn't go out of my way to find any is what I'm trying to say. I didn't, like, look it up and try to find any. So I found four or five of them just messing around. Um, but, like, the puzzling and, like, the level design, because that, that's really what it is, because everything is... So like, you can use your legion to go across like a a space. So if you need to jump across, you know, uh, a space, a cavern, you know, something in the air from building to building or across a bridge or something like that, you can do it using your legion. You send your legion over and he pulls you over on the chain. But you can only do that like on the on the same level. So he can only go off the floor that you're on. So it kind of brings up this whole one to one type of puzzle design as the world builds up. And some of these levels are incredibly deep with where they hide submissions and things like that. And, uh, that's the kind of stuff that I, I will, uh, and I did with this game. That's the type of stuff that I will get lost doing. Cause I'll just sit there for an hour trying to find like this last checkpoint. Oh yeah. I'm not, I am in no, I'm in no rush to go anywhere. I'm like, I know there's another case here. I see it you know, in my, in my charts, I have 17 of 18 and I'm just going to sit here and go walk around and talk to everybody and do all the things uh, until I find it. And a lot of them I had a lot of fun with. Now, not all of them. Some of them I did not like as much. Like there are mandatory missions where you have to walk people out of an area of danger. They are slow and they are boring. You just basically go find this person and they prop up on you and you walk them off and you just, you slowly walk out of the building. Um, and maybe they'll get attacked while you're doing it and you can't fight because you've got this person, so you've got to throw your legion at them. That was not as fun. Um, none of the tailing or like stealth missions I thought were very fun, especially considering how much fun the combat was. It's just like, this isn't as fun. You know, it's not awful. It's not bad. If you like stealth, you'll like it. I don't. I notoriously don't like stealth games, so I'm probably a little harder on that than other people might be. But I mean, it's definitely not as good as blowing up tons of chimera so it's like why didn't I just get to do that more like let's just do more of that so um, but the investigative stuff with all the the collectibles and all the side menus and the stories um, are really really good and it really kind of adds a lot of charm and opens up the story of the game or at least just like the feeling of the of this of the cities you know having like people and doing stuff in like real life because you know you're, you're a cop those are one of the things we didn't talk about you know you're the part of this cop this neuron and that what it's called Yeah, neuron yeah, yeah this neuron cop force. So you're doing cop stuff and you're finding little kids and returning people's money and, and, you know, dumb stuff like that. Picking up trash, throwing away. I know our cops don't do that, but <laughs> did you throw away? Did you throw away cans? Did you clean up the, the, the town? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. Dude, that. like Super goofy fun. stuff like that, that this game has brought forth is I, I love that. Like,
0: did you do the ice cream, the little, little motion control mini game where you got to balance ice cream? No, I
1: didn't. Uh, I did not. Is, is that part <laughs> of the, the quest for, for the little girl? The ice cream question.
0: There there are a couple of them, and yes, that's one of them. She's hanging on the bridge, and you got to go into the middle of the section. That means you got to cross the street. You got to walk up the stairs, and of course, as soon as you walk up the stairs, people come flying down the stairs at you. You got to like dodge them, and the whole thing is you got to balance your Joy-Con so you know you don't lose all these scoops of ice cream. I got up there with three scoops left. start. you start with some obscene amount. It's like a seven scoop (laughs) ice cream. It's ridiculous. It's like five feet. It's taller than your character. Um, And I think I got up there with like three left. But uh, that's super fun. It's just, I don't know if the Carolina, she might call it derpy. I'm not sure if that's the right word. But I mean, it's just super like dumb, but funny. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, just throwaway type stuff that's really hilarious. And it's good. Uh, It's good. It's like a, a, like I said, it's a change of pace. Mm -hmm. And considering that you have, This super cool control scheme. All these giant boss battles of combat plus all of this on top of it. This whole Arkham investigative clue searching, hunting police detective work game. um, It makes for a total package that again, I don't think we've quite seen from other games before. Yeah,
1: and uh, that little how stupid the game can be sometimes really really adds (laughs) charm to it. I think it reminds me a lot of the way that the especially Xenoblade 2 is where you got, you got, um, Tora, the no pawn. He's just kind of an idiot the whole time. Yeah. And it really, it really balances out the, I mean, that game's, that game gets pretty serious and intense and really balances it out. Um, so I think that kind of thing in games is awesome. And even, uh, Trying out that Damon X Machina demo, the new one that they just dropped, it's got that mm-hmm. in there as well. Like, and it's ice cream related too. There's this place called the Ice Cream Parlor and it's just this, this bright, stupid thing that's completely different from the rest <laughs> of the game where you get buffs. So I actually had a question for you uh, from something you said earlier about the stealth parts. Yeah, yeah. So did you did you complete the stealth part? Like you went all the way through stealth? Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I didn't. Um Oh, so you you decided to just wreck yeah, it. Yeah, and you can literally you go through and you kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Like I love how you can play the way that you want to. And I think that the stealth part kind of had to be in there because this game, from what I've gathered, really seems like um, just a big mesh of a lot of the different games that they've worked on over the years. So you got to have the... It's funny
0: you say that. Um, I did write down some notes, and the, the one note that I had is like a takeaway. And I said this to Tom Servo, I think, in the post Discord we're talking about is... There seems to be a ton of DNA from other games and other movies and other things in this thing. And I wrote down like 13. Wow. <laughs> I've got like 13 games or movies or or anime that I just pick up serious vibes off of um, throughout the game. So obviously, as you mentioned, all the Platinum games. There's a little bit of Devil May Cry. There's a little bit of Bayonetta. There's a lot of Near, Especially when you get into like the sepia tone, like facilities, the ending... Um, when you're following around the drone, so like one of the things Caroline's been saying on her let's plays is, um, as you just mentioned, she says it reminds her of Xenoblade with the, with the blade. While I understand why she would say that, I think it's more appropriate to say near because when you're playing near, you're followed by this little drone all the time, Hmm. um, that can do stuff for you like automatically. Um, but the control that you have over the Legion, I think is vastly different. You know, it's just vastly different than than Xenoblade. But so all of those games. But then the wonderful one, like I mentioned, Batman. But then there are times, especially when, like when it gets weird, maybe these weird missions and like the weird story moments where you start to pick up like Metal Gear and Resident Evil vibes. And especially like, some of the camera shots, like the stealth mission that I played towards the end. Serious Metal Gear vibes, like Metal Gear <laughs> Solid. It's just like this is a Metal Gear game. Like that's what we're doing right now. You've got the people with their vision cones and everything. And you gotta go walk through and you gotta scan and you know, like if the only thing that was missing was a cardboard box. And when you're in the astral plane, you know, so like you go through these portals, you fight all these monsters, these chimeras, in this entirely like Tron otherworld type space where all these geometric shapes are ever spawning and all this and it has a totally different look. It's not like the real world when you're over there in the astral plane, the platforming and the level design to find like all the chests and to beat the boss and to, you know, get all the buttons and to raise and lower all the platforms serious kind of like Zelda darksiders type stuff. Um, There's a lot. There's some of that in there. And then like you wrap all that up. Um, I know you're not there yet. You say you're in chapter seven. Yeah. So like eight and nine are probably my favorite two files in the game. So you're like you're right, right there to where I was like, this game is getting awesome. There's crazy Godzilla Dragon Ball Z stuff. Oh, nice. Like, like in there. There's some definite, some stuff in there. And uh, towards the end, I was even picking up like some, some Terminator stuff. It really feels like the, the writing in this game just kind of took a lot of tropes from all these different sci-fi things and all these different gameplay mechanics. And they just did this huge mashup and they made it look really pretty. And that's what we got. We got astral chain and it just, it oozes cool. Yeah, Like it just bleeds. Awesome. It's so, so good in that regard.
1: And, uh, I think it even has a little bit of monster Hunter world in it. I know we never got that game on the switch. It's that might be bold to say because monster Hunter world, you're not tied to anybody. Uh, you're fighting giant monsters, which is similar, but, Honestly the way the not necessarily it controls but the movement like the way that things move the way the way that your character like kind of flows through Like the how there. they 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 kind of slide yeah. around. Like it feels like, yeah, feels yeah, like yeah, Monster yeah. like world so much and even the way that you're talking about how these these maps may look small but they've got multiple layers like that's exactly mm-hmm. how the maps on Monster Hunter World are you uh you got your lower level where certain kinds of monsters are. You got your higher level where the more bird ones are like. It's exactly like that. You find you see these maps. Alright, these are this is an open world game. But you you find these tiny nooks and crannies where there are weird things. And so I get a lot of Monster Hunter world vibes coming from this game. And one thing that specifically stands out is in Monster Hunter, none of the characters have actual names. They're just named after what they're like. And I know a lot of video games have used that. Uh, but I love that in this game. It's like you walk past a guy, and this guy's name is Drunk. That's what that's what his character yeah. is called. And <laughs> I love that 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 thing. Like, some it, seeing some of these names just makes me burst out laughing. Like, actually, so little things like that in the game really stand out to me. And those are the kinds of things that I just appreciate. Like one guy in the office was like, "Let's put this in there," and everybody might have thought it was stupid, but the fact that he put it in there made my day. So.
0: Did you do the mission in the in that chapter where you're at the Times Square place where you you tailed the, like the bandit um, into like the alley and like there's like the super cop who comes out of there and he's like we've got to save the world no oh, no it's so it's so dumb you're like oh my god <laughs> there's really really good and like everything that Lappy does oh, is like yeah. super dumb and yeah <laughs> so uh, all of that stuff is great there are some great character work in this game uh, unfortunately the story. Basically, is like this. It's so you did you pick. Oh, OK, did you pick the girl or the boy? Oh, boy. OK, so I'm playing as girl. So your sister, my brother, they're like the 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 star of the show, like the story really revolves around them. And you're about to understand all why as you finish the next three chapters. Yeah, it really starts to come to a head at the end. It's all about your whiny sibling. Um, It's not really about you. Oh. <laughs> like you're kind of like an accessory. You've got to stop all the stuff about your whiny. sibling. great. Um, but you've, you've got some great characters. You've got, you know, your dad, was it Max? And, uh, the love interest, the other neuron officer. Um, you've got, was it Jen? Alicia? Um, what are the other ones? Olive? Yeah, Olive. Um, um yeah, I'm, I'm not sure which one. I think Alicia was the one. Was she like the love interest? You got that far, right? You've been
1: there? Uh, I'm. Maybe not. Sure, actually. Hopefully I didn't spoil no, it. No, okay. I, I don't it's, care at all. Well, it's, it's not really a spoiler,
0: but. She has a thing for Max. She has a thing for like the dad. Oh right, right, so, right. Uh, okay. It's just a cutscene, right? Uh, so if you haven't played the game, like I'm not spoiling much for you. It's like five seconds. It's not like really a part of the big game. So, but but it is like those cutscenes provide a lot of character to her because you've been talking to her for all these files leading up to the point and things start to fall in place. But ultimately, like the entire story is basically mad scientist story. Okay. You know, mad mad scientist goes crazy, does some crazy Metal Gear type stuff. Yeah. Um, especially at the end, you're about to find out. You don't know yet, but you're about to find out. The Ravens, by the way, the Ravens are some crazy Metal Gear type stuff. And the Ravens look awesome. The Ravens is a sweet design. Um, I love those. I love their, their Legion, by the way. Um, but without spoiling all that. Yeah. And Kyle, the Caroline found today, mm-hmm. Kyle, the, the character you come My across My favorite Kyle character. My favorite character. Yeah. He he's really, it's, it's hard not to he's, like him. He's yeah. the wrench. You know, like he's just super cool looking. So it's hard not to, you know come away liking him a lot. So uh, but the story is just like mad scientist, you know, gone mad, gone crazy and you got to go save the world. It does have a really good ending. So when you do reach the end of I want to know like how you chose to end it, how Caroline chose it because you have a choice. Oh. I won't tell you the outcomes of the choice, but there's a choice to make. And uh, it's it's just really really good. I really enjoy it and um, uh, oh, the last thing I want to talk about the game is I want to talk about the way. Oh, okay, yeah. Obviously. This is I'm a I'm a very visual person, so this <sighs> I you This game is there were moments when I started playing this game because it took me a minute like it I think it took me maybe until file three before I was like okay now I'm hooked and I'm bought into it because at first I was like I don't know Um, but the more and more I play it especially when combat really gets going mm-hmm. one of my favorite is I think it's when you start fighting like the huge platinum type yeah. bosses because you have a couple of them like there's some of the chimera you're like oh man like he's pretty bad dude but here's the thing you haven't fought like a platinum boss yet that didn't happen until File 9. Okay. File 9 is when this game gets platinum, platinum. That's when you start going up the side of buildings and start fighting like on falling platforms and jumping from one to the other for this gigantic monster takes up the entire screen. I'm ready for that. And so you've got a few of those to come down the road. And like the Humonculus, which is like File 7, right? Right? Yeah. Eight? Uh, I don't think I've seen it yet. So. Okay. So it might be 8. So I might start at 8. At 8, you start getting like this crazy, really crazy, huge stuff. Um, but when you start doing that and you start finding these huge monsters, um, I'm going to get back to the visuals, but I need to make a tangent here because I want to say this. My favorite thing to do in this game when you're fighting these big monsters or anything that flies is you throw your legion at it. I call it slingshotting. I don't know what they call it. You throw your legion at it. It goes zips out there. Now, you know, if you hold down your legion button and then you you hit the other button, it'll pull you too. Yeah. So it'll launch you up into the air. Oh, wow. And then you throw it again, and you can basically slingshot around this giant dude while both of you just start, you know, smashing some attack buttons. It never got old. Or at least for me. It never got old for me. I look to do it whenever possible. It's better than the synchronized attacks for me. I was like, this is freaking awesome. And that's where you start to see why the chain changes everything. The chain, like because if you if you are I would use Tom Servo. If you're somebody that really takes the time to learn all these advanced techniques and controls and things that you can do, this game is limitless. You can really get nuts with it because of that. Chain. Yeah. Because of what you can do with the chain. It's unlike anything else, but back to the visuals, um, man, opening up on that motorcycle scene and screaming down that wet pavement, you know, underground tunnel mm-hmm. and that truck that flies by, oh, yeah. you know, like, like this, those dark night references, like, you know, um, but just the like the neon Tron way that it looks, the cell shaded style. There are multiple moments as I started playing this game where I was like, Is this a Switch game? <laughs> <laughs> this game looks so much better than it has any business being. And if you watch the Digital Founder video, you know, they break it all down. i have to go watch And essentially, that. yeah, it's Oh, the summary from that is that it's all basic design, basic shapes, basic textures, like nothing is like too extravagant to like the, where the switch couldn't push it. But because of the style with like the, the anime, the cell shading style, and then how they use like cut scenes during the action is it plays so smoothly that like you, your eyes apparently don't have like a whole lot of time to adjust to just how simple everything is. Plus they use like a lot of hard edge lines, especially like when you're in the, um, when you're in the astral plane, You know, like you've got all those like sketch lines on the ground and everything as you walk around. It just gives everything like this very well thought out, like polished look. Like they spent a lot of time on all this. Even if it's simple, it looks like it. You know, like a lot of time has been done. There's a lot of detail. It's very elaborate. There's a lot of things going on. Um, it just looks amazing, and I dare say it might be the best looking portable game on the Switch. Uh, when you play it in handheld, I mean, I thought Mario Kart was probably it until this point, cause Mario Kart just looks oh, amazing yeah. in handheld. Like, it still looks great. This game, for, for the open areas that it has, for the combat action that it has, for everything that's going on and all in detail, the, the portable experience is every bit as good as the docked experience. Like, there's nothing lost. Digital Foundry said that they lose, um, they drop any aliasing. That's what they drop when you go down to portable. But because the screen's so small, like it's hard to even notice, and uh, I never did until I watched the Digital Foundry video. You, I couldn't have told you any different because I was playing the handheld. I was like, "This looks incredible." It's um, in a lot of ways, this is kind of like my kab- my comeuppance because I keep wanting all these big games to come to Switch, and then I keep chastising them for not being able to hold up. And uh, Platinum has really taken uh, a page to show everybody else what can be done when you take the you know when you when you build for the Switch. Now that they can't be said all the time. Nintendo published this, but we saw the reviews. I think it's, you know, it's obviously apparent that they have a hit on their hands. So I hope that we have a franchise coming. I think we will. Oh, really? And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo has already greenlit, you know, Astral Chain, the sequel, if not a trilogy, because, um, man, it's really, really good. And, uh, that, that, the, the visual aspect of this game and all of the, and it's, and it's different. That's another thing that I love about it. The differences. In, in the visuals from from level to level the only thing that's really the same is the astral plane mm-hmm. which you do in every every file but every file you go from you know like grungy facility out to the times square area into the science building or the facility you know back to the headquarters It'll all look vastly different and um i think it really really makes the game it gives the whole boost. it's like by the time you get tired of an area, by the time you get tired of an enemy, by the time you get tired of using another legion, you have a new one coming up. You have a new area, you have a new yeah. enemy, you have a new story beat, you have a new legion. You've got all new things to do. And I think all of that together, that's what helps the pacing of this game. Um So I, I fell in love with this game. I just played it. This is one of those games that once I got hooked, I just didn't stop playing it. I beat this game in like four days. Oh, wow. Cause I played it all day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I was like, I'm just going to keep playing this game until it's yeah. over. And, uh, that's special for me. I don't get a whole lot of games that do that for me. And I think that pacing is what did it. Yeah. Um, the fact that there was always something new. There was always something. And then at the end, after you get your final legion, you're like, all right, I kind of seen everything this game has. Then they hit you with some incredible boss battles and you just got to keep going. You just got to finish it. And, um, I really really appreciate that about it. But sorry to hog the mic the whole time. I'm just No, nah, dude. I understand. Off, off I understand how it, how
1: it is. Uh So for the visuals for me, I don't think I have ever seen a Switch game that looks this good. I think that it might be my favorite looking Switch game, and that's bold to say. It's It's got to be up there. I mean, Breath of the Wild is a Wii U game. It's not a Switch game to me.
0: Uh it looks It's a Switch game, and even that, like and it looks great. Yeah. But it's it doesn't look this good in handheld, and it's oh yeah, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> I'm hoping that I'm hoping that this
1: that the new one possibly might have a a, a newer or updated graphics engine, and it's going to look much better. Um, hmm. But anyway, back back to Astral Chain. When I first started playing this game, and we saw all the E3 coverage, all these trailers that were dropping, it was always, if not always, set at night, and yeah. I was afraid. All right, like any newer movie or or game franchise that doesn't have a very high budget they're gonna put put some a lot of scenes at night so they don't have to worry about uh the visuals for daytime because visual daytime visuals are are complicated like you'd be surprised how complicated clouds are so i was like okay this game's gonna look amazing but we're gonna have a lot of night and um the chapter that I'm about to be I might actually be on file six. I might be wrong. I thought I was on seven, but I'm on top of these this, these rooftops, and yeah. and it's daytime, and I'm looking out on the city, and I'm like, how could they have not put
0: more daytime into this game? It looks just as good, if not better. <laughs> well, it's all cyberpunk. You need the wet ground. Yeah. You need the night. You need the neon. You need the reflections. It looks so good. Like, Like, I don't even know how to put it into words, and- I think the
1: reason is like with with these um these ports from other from other third party developers these AAA's coming over to Switch they've got to downgrade them these the graphics weren't made to run on the Switch. Yeah. And yeah. these Nintendo first parties I mean Mario has his his style, his graphical style and they're not going to turn mario into an astral chain graphical style that's just not what they're going to do they're going to stick to what people know they're going to stick to what their artists know
0: yeah but as you say that i kind of want to play a platinum made mario game it sounds amazing (laughs) (laughs) a
1: rated m mario game m for mario i'm
0: just saying let's give camilla mario let's see
1: what he does with it it sounds awesome i i mean i would i would play it so so uh the game though it was, the graphics were specifically made for the switch. You, you, we know about the review yeah. bombing about how this is an exclusive and they they took advantage of this all right, we're making a switch exclusive. we're gonna we're gonna knock it out of the park. And they just went all out with these graphics. They pushed through with something that I think is very special. When I first saw that initial trailer, I, I thought it was Xenoblade Chronicles X, so I was actually disappointed initially with it. I was like, yes, <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles X2. And they were like, Astral Chain, nope. out August 30th. And I was like, oh, all right, I'll just, I won't buy that. I don't have money. And so then I saw the E3 footage and I was like, okay, this gameplay looks amazing. The visuals are what I loved of Xenoblade Chronicles X, uh, but more cyberpunk. And more
0: robotic. Did you know that this was originally intended to be a fantasy game? I did not know that. Yeah. So the, the, when Platinum pitched the game, it was intended to be, they, they're doing all these tweets, like behind the scenes, why they made all these decisions. And, um, they pitched the game to Nintendo as like a fantasy game and like wizards and magic and stuff. And Nintendo was the ones that told them to go the cyberpunk route. Because I thought it'd be a better fit for um, the style in the Switch. And obviously there's like there's a trend right now you have Cyberpunk and all this cool stuff coming out. So that was actually Nintendo's call. They said that you should adopt this style. And I would like to see like art of what it was supposed to be, but I can't imagine it was better than this because whatever it is, like whatever the technical term for it is, when it all blends together and it hits that switch, it looks fabulous. I mean, it looks incredible. It's it's fantastic. Yeah.
1: And if, if Nintendo can can tell Pla- or Platinum can make a game like this and it'd be awesome and it'd be under Nintendo's publishing title. I just want to see what other AAAs can do coming onto Switch and start making some Nintendo-published uh, first-party games because, <laughs> I mean, Platinum is a, is a huge company and the fact that we yeah. got an exclusive on the Switch from them, I mean, they've been kind of, I guess, buddy-buddy for a little bit now, but the fact... Yeah, with Bayo Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, exactly. So I just want to see... I want to see more developers start getting close up to Nintendo. Like what what if we see a Be- Bethesda game specifically designed for the Switch? I mean, mm. those games s- somehow look look decent on on the Switch, at least they're they're trying to push the them. The ports
0: are, yeah, those are some of the better ports. I mean, I I don't think that would ever happen, but I mean, who yeah. knows? The Switch is selling well, who knows? Yeah, I mean, one can dream. One of the things that I uh, I want to bring up cuz Kevin usually says a lot and I actually think he, I think he's true. Um, I think he's he's been proven right. He, he says a lot of times he feels like Platinum is a hit and miss. Like sometimes they hit, you know, they have like a Bayonetta and sometimes they miss and one one And especially for him, I know for him, he's hit and miss with their games. Even, you know, like inside the games, i like Bayonetta 2, but not as much as 1 or Devil May Cry 2, but not as much as 1. Um, Astral Chain's a hit. Um, I definitely, like they, they definitely hit something here and I think it's a, uh, I'd, be surprised, I'd be shocked if it wasn't a franchise. I mean, I, I'd be shocked if they didn't do a follow-up to it. So, um, they, they're probably already looking at that now. Hmm. So, but anyway, we're, dude, we're almost 50 minutes. It's supposed to be like a 20 minute, like we told them we were giving a podcast. It's basically an entire show. Oh, dude. I'm sorry. On one game. <laughs> so, no, no, you're fine. Uh, it's me. I'm the one talking oh. too much, but, uh, I'll say one last thing. The music is <laughs> freaking incredible. Um, the last chapter has some music. Serious Castlevania vibes. Oh, dude. Man. Yeah. It's so good.
1: Look, look I, <laughs> I'll tell you before we, before we wrap up, I, where I'm at now, I've started to burn out. Um, I guess it's kind of like that—that that middle of the game, starting to get a little bit slow, and then
0: it's going to pick up with the end of yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah. You just need to—you need to get—you just need to get on to chapter eight. Just get on to get on. Like, either go unchained or start skipping some side stuff and get on to chapter eight and nine. You'll be right back in. I'm telling you. You fight this gigantic angel that like comes down. Like you're gonna change your You were like, holy crap. <laughs> well, dude, you got me excited, man. I mean, uh, this game. This
1: game was it got it got me hyped when I had I mean like I set aside I, I asked off work to play this game, I I got all my all my homework for college done ahead of time and I was like all right Friday is gonna be the day we went we ran I got mine digitally because of the vouchers, got my friend over we went over to GameStop picked up his copy and we just sat in my room for what six to ten hours just playing the game, nice and, I mean I'm gonna look back on this game with with fond memories just from that that day That's one fun. so.
0: It's good. And uh, I think it, uh, I think it ramps up well. I think the entire thing builds up at a really nice pace. And I think it ends on a really cool pace. The story is, I don't want to call it a throwaway. I think it's actually a pretty good written story, especially if you take in like character discussions, the character banter back and forth is pretty good. But the whole whiny sibling thing, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, like the, the family tie in is like, eh, ah. and then the ending is kind of like, eh, ah, whatever. Um, but everything that you do to get there makes up for it. It's really, really good. Um, to wrap up i'd call it a must buy if you're a switch owner <laughs> but then at the same time i don't think it's for everybody yeah. if you've ever played a bayonetta or a devil may cry or even like i would even say a metal Gear, and they're different games but if you were ever turned off by like that style or that type of story or that type of writing or that type of combat probably not for you but if you've ever liked any of those games or you like near if you like near automata by the way like absolutely get this game um mm-hmm. because i think you'll love it and uh, i think it's a, a big hit for the switch and i think it's um Really, really good. I mean, I, I won't go as far as like giving a review score or anything like that. I don't think that no. matters, but I just think it's really, I think it's a, a landmark title. As we already said, I mean, it looks amazing. Um, the sound design is fantastic. It's a lot of content. I think I finished. I mean, I sold it. I have to go check my play file, but twenty five thirty nice, hours something nice. like that. By the time I finished it, um, so there's good good game. And here. it proves it and, proves uh,
1: that Nintendo can do new. New IPs like with Splatoon, it was a it, was, yeah. it hit
0: it, it hit it
1: way out of the park. I mean, it was that's a great. I mean, we got a second game. It's a franchise now. Yep. And so mm-hmm. it's I mean, Mario's got his his thing going. Link's got his thing going. But we these new IPs, I mean, they're just they're I mean, up there.
0: So Platinum and Nintendo have a really tight. I mean, I, I almost want to call it a second party partnership because I mean that's basically their affiliation now. So it's not like it's not like. um Who makes Spider-Man? I'm forgetting the name the, the folks they just bought. Insomniac? Yeah. 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 It's not like that with Sony where, you know, like they, like they basically have like these one-off games that they do exclusively. Like Nintendo has published Bayonetta. They basically own Bayonetta now, like the, the franchise. It's like, but it's not like, obviously it's Platinum's franchise, but it's like Pokemon, right? It's like yeah. Game Freak. It's exclusive to Nintendo. They might as well, you could might as well say they own it. I imagine that that's what we're going to see with Astral Chain. And essentially, it's like a very close, almost second-party relationship where, yeah, they'll do other games, right? They have Devil Maker or not Devilmaker, that's Capcom, but they'll do other games for other systems, probably. You know, I'm sure they'll show up and there'll be a Platinum game somewhere else. Um But Bayonetta and Astral Chain will probably be on a three- or four-year cycle where they drop on Nintendo's console, you know, until further notice. You know, probably a Bayonetta 3 next year or maybe, like, you know, early 2021 and then maybe a year or two after that we see and get the next Astral Chain. And, and next one you have Bayonetta 4. And then you get the next Astral Chain. Um it seems to me maybe that's where they're going with this. And and I really like that they put this game out there. Um, that like Bayonetta didn't kill it, that they went quiet on Bayonetta and they didn't show anything for Bayonetta, so they could give this game all the look. Because it's hard establishing and launching a new IP. I mean, we're even seeing now, like Astral Chain is not selling, you know, like hotcakes like so many of these other Switch games, it's not blowing away the charts. Um, that's it's a brand new game it's a new IP and it's got this anime style and it's, you know it's not for everybody so um, I'm not like surprised by that but I think it's good that if they had shown Bayonetta E3 or they had shown it in the direct it might have hurt this game because people be like ah, I don't want to play the game I'll just wait for Bayonetta mm-hmm. but because they gave it so much focus uh, and, and you know it's reviewed so well and there's so much good talk about it maybe more people are apt to try it now that we know that Bayonetta. you know I don't even know if we'll see the game awards like it could be a while so yeah anyway Let's get out of here. That's an hour we did on Astro Chain. Like I said, we didn't know how long it was going to be, but it was almost an hour. So, uh, guys, I hope you liked it. I love it. It was a great game. Um, try to give you some sort of scale. I think it's it's easily a top fifteen Nintendo Switch game for me. How about that? That's that's easy. Probably a top ten, but I'll go easy top fifteen. If I was trying to come up with a top fifteen list in Switch. Astro Chain is right up there. So, if you're wondering kind of where you where I think it fits in the grand scale of Nintendo Switch. That's where I'd put it. It's definitely a top top shelf, top notch game. You should play it. You should try it. Yeah, I think for me, definitely
1: a top fifteen. Um, and I overall, I think it's a good introduction to this company that's well well loved throughout the the gaming universe that I haven't really dipped my toes into yet. So I'm I'm glad to to finally get in with a platinum game. And if we don't see any ports for like one or one hundred one or anything, I'm gonna have to go back and, and grab a, a copy of that for my Wii U. <sighs>
0: No, you don't. Okay. You don't, don't, don't play that game. Is it b- <laughs> <laughs> I'm such, a, I'm such a wonderful 101 hater. I don't like that game at all. I wish that game would die and go away. I was so excited for it. Love the style, hate the execution. Just really don't like that game. All right. Um, well, and you know how much I love the Wii yeah. U. Like if, if there was a reason to love it, I would be the person to love it. And I just don't. And I, I, I don't understand why people do. But you know what? I say that if they took away the motion stuff and they like just let me button mash my way through it, I'd be more apt to play it. I think it'd be better. All the motion touchscreen gimmicks made that game worse. It's too much of mm-hmm. it. Just they went too far with it. All right. So we're gonna get out of here. Like I said, we have Caroline come back. We have Zelda launching, we have another guest coming. Caroline will follow up this discussion with her own thoughts on Astral Chain. Hopefully she's beating it by next week. I think she will. It's on file seven or something like that. She's almost there. She's actually right there with you, I think. I think she's doing yeah. six today. So you guys are locking step mm-hmm. together. And uh, we will see you next week in the Nintendo Shack. So I want to thank you. Yeah, Kaju, thanks, for having me on. Thanks for dropping by the Shack, man. And uh, you have your own podcast. Let me go ahead and let you give yourself a little. Yeah, plug. I do have my own podcast. We
1: started up fairly recently, um, as of April. Uh, it's called the Nintendo Bros podcast and in between Nintendo and bros, there's a dash. So Nintendo ending on D dash bros, not to be confused with a Nintendo Bros podcast without a dash, which is a Smash Bros cast. Oh man.
0: Are you serious? Yeah. You got to change the name. Uh, this is too much. You got to change the I've, name. <laughs> it's,
1: it's an, I mean, we're on Spotify, so we're, we're up there. This, this is like an anchor exclusive. Yeah, but
0: show. that's too much. There's too much communication. Like people can't remember all that. You got to change the name. All right. Like look up the Kaiju <laughs> podcast. Oh, wait, no, why not? At least like. Set up a redirect and just send them there. Oh. You know, like, call it call it kaijuspodcast.com and just have it send them to to your actual Well,
1: thing. I mean, uh, we're the only Nintendos podcast with an Instagram, so if you want to reach us there, you can click our link and go to our Discord from there. Ooh,
0: listen to the snobbiest. He's like, "Shh. We're on Spotify. We have Instagram. <laughs> I don't know who these other imposters are. That's good uh, stuff.
1: Yeah. Jeff, definitely check us out. We took a break for summer because got, we got pretty heavy, but we're back. We just did a. Bur- I should have mentioned you're like you're super young compared to oh, the rest of the PSVG yeah.
0: folks. I mean, you're in high school and college and all that stuff. So
1: I'm a I'm a yeah. child. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are back. We just did a breath of the wild two hopes and dreams episode. We're about to record Ooh. again tomorrow night. So check us out. We're we're fun. And if you like if you like my uh, stupid banter in the PSVG Discord, check out our Discord. It's full of people like me.
0: Very good, very good. Well, thank you for joining me on the show. And uh, that'll do it for our Scooplings. We will see you back next week with a show proper. Good night. Night.